ladies, gentlemen, and everybody in between, welcome one and all back to another episode of the Extra Canon Podcast. This is episode 52, and it's a fun one. It's a joyful one. We are uh, just off the back of our first Champions League appearance in six or seven years, I'm sure. Alfie or Rob or Daniel, spoiler alert, those are my three guests, will be able to introduce them. Um, I am hosting as opposed to the lovely Rob Worthington because he went to the match and has some beautiful insights and frankly just wants to hug the airtime, which is fair enough. I'd rather listen to his voice than mine. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a fun podcast and I'll step into introductions. First, this is the Extra Canon Podcast and I am obligated and honored to introduce my typical co-host, Rob Worthington. How are you, my friend? Oh, stop it. That, that was so sweet. Um, I'm quite tired. I can't lie. Like, I basically got told about five hours before kickoff that I was going to the match last night. Um, and as a lot of you know, I go to uni three hours away from London. So I had to drive all the way home. Uh, so three hours drive and then get the train into London. And by, uh, the, by my whiskers, I just about made it in, but it, it was very tight. So I'm quite tired, but, uh, yeah, it was an absolute privilege to go to the game. And, uh, yeah, as soon as I found out I could go, I just dropped everything had to. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds amazing. A uh, bit rainy. I heard the match was, uh, sure. We'll get onto that. But before we do, I have two other guests to introduce and we are going to start with the host, the man himself, the man who usually spends a lot of time talking on the Arsenal Cannon podcast, the main show variant, Daniel Finton. Danny, how you going, dude? I am thriving, man. I'm I'm not soaked to the bones like our uh, our English counterparts today, Mac Johnson. That that was a monsoon yesterday, man. That was crazy. Um, but yeah, just uh, it still feels surreal that we're back in the good old CL as uh, Rob Worthington holds up his home home kit for the season. Um, I just, man, I, I just was looking forward to hearing that music once more at the Emirates. And it just feels so good that we're finally talking about a Champions League game and not like a Europa League uh, group stage match to carry a bag or whatever the hell, you know, like this is proper football. We back, folks. Love it, man. Uh, do not love Carabag. Yeah, I was actually, I was at a DC United match last night after the Arsenal game televised and Legit, I've never been recognized so many times wearing an Arsenal kit. Not as like me. I'm not that famous, but just because it was, you know, the, the new home kit. Celebrity. <laughs> celebrity. Uh, Wait, are you the extra canon podcast host? No way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's that guy. I actually had the Arscast reference to me about three different times. So we <laughs> we love to see it. But um, there is one more man I have to introduce. It is the formerly balding brighton boy and now back to lovely london local lad alfie cairns colshaw editor-in-chief in the cut alf how's it going mate what are you saying lads Ooh. yeah yeah i'm decent i'm decent uh it's the return of the king that was um, deafening. it's kind of like sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like thierry Henry's comeback against leeds so i'll just say it's comparative to that um the big man's back in the building. It's not even um, a word. It's not a word. Comparative what? is not a word. It's comparable. Comparative is a word. Nah, come on, Co- Matt. Maybe it was intervene. wrongly there. Okay, comparable. Yeah. Comparable. It's comparable. Speak, speak well, I, think, I think comparative is a word, but you've used it wrong. Yeah, it I is haven't. quite comparative yeah, so or comparable. Called you because out, effectively. Just, just that they're both bald, so. Fuck's sake. Regardless. 
the big man's back in the building and I'm here to stay. I'm not fucking leaving. Um, well, he's been gone for a month, so. Yeah. Well, uh, not a month. I was on the uh, Palace pod. That wasn't that long ago. Um, 29 days. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and yeah, it was fucking soaking yesterday. I've not seen weather like that again. It literally didn't. It started raining at 2 p.m. in the UK. Didn't stop until like an hour after the game. When I was at the pub, I eventually left when it stopped raining. Um, the Tollington was filled with puddles. It was <laughs> absolutely torrential. I was soaked. Every single bit of me was absolutely drenched, but it was completely worth it. Shout out the Arsenal Cannon Podcast. We've been doing this for five years now, and this is the first time we have ever talked about a Champions League game. So this is momentous. Episode 52 will live long in the history of this podcast. Um, it, yeah, yeah, it's we a bit of an inauspicious number. Nah, I'm not much, mate, just the intro. Uh, and speaking of, it is an extra cannon podcast, but uh, because we have some special guests and because we are doing a nice post-match review on the Champions League, uh, we are going to take this a little bit like an Arsenal Cannon podcast, go through our new rhythms, our new segments, um, and as always, let's start with the good stuff, um, because there was a lot of good stuff. Pick out whatever you want, favorite moments, especially you two boys at the match. I'm going to kick it right on back to Alfie. Start me off, something you loved, whatever. Can I just go with a performance? Please, go ahead. So my good stuff is Gabriel Jesus. Um he is just a good stuff. Uh, he, I think we've been talking every single game pretty much about how oh, we're really good in the first phase of the build-up. We suffocate teams. We pen them in. There's a, we, you know, we keep the ball. We limit them to a few chances. But we've all kept saying we're not quite firing in the final third. And this is a point I was trying to make after the Palace game with Eddie and Ketia, but it was rejected several times by Rob Worthington. Um, the fact that we just look better with Gabriel Jesus, and it's not a slight on Eddie and Ketia. It's just showing how unbelievable Jesus is. This guy is so underrated. I've kept arguing, arguing and arguing, not necessarily amongst Arsenal fans, although I think he might even be slightly underrated by Arsenal fans, but the general mainstream, he is so underrated. He's the second best striker in the Premier League for me, without doubt, behind Erling Haaland. I mean, I, if someone wants to throw a name out there who's better than him, you know, go ahead. But I'll argue with you because you're wrong. Um, the difference he made to our attack in this game, the, the the impact he has on the players around him and just the the way they trust him to give him the ball in tight spaces and turn, the the physicality and presence he brings up there. He occupied a huge Bella Kotchap. The other guy, um, was it but Boss Cagley? Boss Cagley. Boss Cagley, you know, there was two two physical centre backs. He dominated our research, them. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh he dominated them. He was <laughs> he was you know, and, and this is another thing. That there's some weird perception that um he sort of does all the false ninety stuff to the detriment. I said it in the TikTok though, I just posted shout out. Go and go and give it a follow. Um there's there's this perception that he does all this false nine stuff and it's to the detriment to his ability to get in the box and be a box presence but he's like regularly get putting up insane xg numbers insane shot numbers he had six shots in this game 1.3 xg in total he scored a goal he had 12 touches in the opposition penalty box which is seven more than the the next player on the pitch which was trossard with five just 
he makes the difference. And I genuinely think it's as simple as if he stays fit, we will compete for the title. And if he gets injured, we won't. I, I think it's that simple. I think he's that pivotal to us. And I think we can maintain at like a top four level without him, but we can't be a title challenging team without him. Um, or at least maybe, maybe this will be a talking point in a bit. Maybe Kai Havertz as a false nine uh, in his absence. Don't you worry, we will get on to Havertz. Um, yeah, I thought Jesus was immense on the night. I liked his ability, as always, to kind of be flexible and combine. I think he opens space for runners in behind, runners outside, and he he's magnetic. Um, I find, you know, Eddie Nketiah is a great forward when it comes to making runs in behind, getting into the box, latching onto the end of chances, and he's an amazing finisher. But Jesus has this, like, gravity to him that just seems to kind of suck defenders in and create space for his teammates, even when he's not on the end of the ball. And when he was, his end product, I thought was pretty ridiculous. Um, I'm going to flip it over to my countryman, Mr. Daniel Fenton. Um, any thoughts on Jesus that haven't been said? And kind of, if not, let's expand to the attack on the whole, because I thought it was a pretty a pretty free-flowing uh, 90 minutes from us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I... Look, I, I was happy to see Martin Odegaard get man of the match, of course. And I it's one of those weird ones where it's like, I think it's deserved. But I also kind of think it's a bit harsh on Gabriel Jesus that he didn't get the man of the match award. Because I thought he was just levels above everyone on that field, man. He looked phenomenal physically. And just it's, it's, it's really just all about the tenacity for me uh, with regards to Gabriel Jesus. He is just such a bastard and seems so annoying to play against um but that's why we love him um yeah he's just it's, it was just so good to see him at uh 100 full fitness I, I mean maybe maybe it was it certainly looked like it um ahead of the north london derby and then yeah you you touched on it there the attack and i think that sort of leads into my good stuff um the attack all of them looked incredible and i thought what I liked about this game as a whole was that we just kind of got the job done. Our attackers did what they had to do. They put the ball in the back of the net. Then for really about the last 20 minutes or so of that game, it just died. It just died and we just played keep away. And it was almost like we were actively resting on the pitch, which is such a sight for sore eyes heading into, once again, that North London Derby this weekend. So my, yeah, my good stuff is just that we got it done early and could just effectively sit back on our laurels. Um, but then just with regards to the attack, because you wanted me to touch on it a bit, this was like by far the best attacking performance we've seen this season. Uh, you guys know me. I've been harpering on about the pace of the play, the um, just lack of a killer instinct in the final third, and no coincidence that once Gabriel Jesus comes back into the starting 11, we find that once again. Um, Martinelli, out injured for this one, didn't really notice because I thought Trossard was fantastic. I mean, this guy is one of the best technical players that we've had in, in years. He seems like an Arsene Wenger player. Um, Gunnerblog was saying that in his, in his on the whistle thing. You could totally see him lining up for a Wenger team. Um, and yeah, just, and then obviously having a guy like Bukayo Saka who went through the fucking trenches with us, man, scoring our first goal back in the Champions League. Just as attack goes, pretty much perfect apart from I'd like to have seen Havertz chip in with a goal. And I mean, imagine if Emil Smith Rowe chipped in with one off the bench too. That would that that would make things perfect, a six-nil. But um, yeah, just otherwise, 
amazing attack. And uh, and yeah, we kept a clean sheet too. So that's my good stuff slash why I really like the attack, Mac. I love it. Thank you so much, Daniel. Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of convincing all around the pitch. And Rob, do you think that's kind of just down to personnel? Is there something more tactical that you thought was different about this game than we've encountered in the Premier League so far? And I guess what, you know, what do you want to kind of highlight? What's your good stuff from the day? <clears throat> I think I think primarily that was just our, our best 11 on the pitch yesterday. Um you know, perhaps Vieira has been in better, better form so far this this season, but Kai Havertz is a player of, of better pedigree um, in the Premier League. Uh, I think if, you know, you're looking at those teams at the start of the season that people are sort of making on Twitter, saying, oh, this is probably Arteta's best 11. I, I think that was it last night. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one with Jesus. Um, it's not something that I've really thought about just because... I think when he came back in last season, he didn't quite hit the levels he hit pre-injury. And I wonder if maybe he was still uh, carrying carrying a little injury considering he had to have f- further surgery done uh, more recently uh, because he, yesterday he was just absolutely electric. And, and one moment from him stood out, it was that long ball from David Raya in goal uh, in the build-up to Jesus's goal. Uh, and he just brings it down exceptionally. And uh, my friend who I was at the game with was was waxing lyrical about Jesus uh, and saying how he's such an underrated dribbler and, and maybe even the best dribbler in the team. And then he pulls that one out of the air on his chest, brings it down, kicks off a move. And the finish, by the way, I thought it was almost un- an uncharacteristic Jesus finish the way he drilled it into the top left corner like it was nobody's business. Um, yeah, just just an outstanding goal. Uh, and a brilliant ball over the top from Gabriel to put Trossard away. Just a, a lovely, lovely goal. But I think my, my good stuff uh, being in the ground just has to be the, the, the vibes of the entire night. Uh, the sort of collective, not only excitement, but relief when the Champions League music came on. Um, you know, it, it felt... <laughs> It felt so relieving to be back uh, after after all this time, and the stadium looked so good with the uh, the sort of blue everywhere, the Champions League blue. Uh, I think they played the, the speakers as loud as they possibly could every time the Champions League music came on. And by the way, they played it relentlessly at the start of the game, uh, at halftime, and at full time, uh, which was which was great. Uh, and every time they played it, the, the fans were screaming the champions. And then you know, then later on in the game, uh, after we'd scored all the goals. Uh, you know the ovation for Smith Rowe when he came on. That was a, that was a really really special moment, and I think one of those moments that even though we we sort of play this very uh, sort of city like football, you're reminded that this is Arsenal and this isn't City because you have this very emotional moment of a Hairlander coming onto the pitch, a guy who who there's an acute awareness that he he kicked all this off. He deserved to be there tonight, last night. And it was a shame Martinelli wasn't there, to be honest. It would have been great to see Saka Martinelli and Smithrow on the pitch at the same time, but that wasn't meant to be. Uh, but, you know, I think it was just really, really pleasant to see the likes of Nelson and Smithrow representing Arsenal in, in the Champions League. There, there was just something so special about the whole night. It was really perfectly done by everyone involved. And, um, yeah, credit to the players for producing a great performance. But... 
in a funny way, even though we it was our best performance of the season, the performance was secondary last night. It was all about how much it meant to the club as a whole to be to be back in that competition. I couldn't agree more. I I just like to frame what Rob said and stick it on my wall. Uh, Alfie, go ahead. I just wanted to chime in sort of what Daniel was saying about the way we sort of ended the game. And I just, I just love this game because you think of every single game we've had so far this season, it's been sort of in the balance for the whole game. At no point have we had like a convincing two goal lead until like the last 10 seconds against United. Um, and I just like the fact that this was a lot more stress-free. It felt a lot more, a lot less tense in the ground. Um, and I think they played with more of a lightness than we've seen so far. I think they're so aware that they can't slip up in the Premier League because of the monster that is Manchester City. So they've got to be, you know, absolutely pristine in terms of points. In this game, they didn't seem to be feeling that pressure. And they felt like they... They really rose to the occasion of, oh, this is the first game back for six years in this competition for this historic club. This feels massive. And they really seem to enjoy it. A lot of them playing their Champions League debuts. And the fact that we were able to get to 3-0 before half time, it felt like some of the games we played last season. I think of Fulham away last season, 3-0 comes to mind. Um, just, you know, we came out the blocks quickly, put, put them to the sword. And then second half was just so comfortable like Daniel said we it, we looked like we were sort of resting through the game you know we we talked last season about how when Saka came into Europa League games he would sort of just play in second gear because he knows protecting himself for the weekend it felt like the whole team was doing that in the second half once we'd wrapped it up which was just so nice um and yeah hopefully we'll have hopefully that'll be a common theme going into the into more of these Champions League games because we we have some sort of I think we play Lons just before playing Man City. Um, we have a Champions League game. I think we have Sevilla away a few days after Stamford Bridge. So, yeah, we're going to have to manage ourselves well in those periods. Um, yeah, just wanted to chime in on that. No, thank you for that. Um, well spoken, well said. I think, you know, a lot of adjectives on the day. Uh, comfortable, free, incisive, creative. Um, those are words that don't, don't, don't forget wet, wet. Very true. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think those, those are words, maybe not including wet that I might use to describe. I was very wet (laughs) in multiple senses. I hope Alf, uh, those are words that I think I might use to describe my good stuff, (laughs) uh, being a slight little mini Renaissance for Kai Havertz. I did say we'd get onto it and we will. Um, just to, to wax lyrical about my boy for a minute, it wasn't an all-star performance. It wasn't a nine out of 10, but the passes were great. He had a number of amazing first touches out of the air, um, kind of showed a lot of technical security and a lot of confidence where we haven't seen it so far this year, but I'm going to flip it back to the boys who were at the match and I'll start with Rob Worthington. Uh, anything that you saw from Havertz that maybe has been lacking so far this season? I think really in terms of the the good stuff that he has produced, it was more, more the same. Like what we were all doubting about him, he's actually been very good at in terms of the, the off the ball work. Um, and he put in a few really, really good challenges. One particular uh, slide tackle stands out. Little um, step, 
he uh, led the game for tackles, four tackles. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Not not something that you'd expect from Kai Havertz. Um, I I thought he was better. Uh, I still think he's playing within himself just a little bit. Um, I, I remember there was maybe just before the break or just after, there was a moment on the counter-attack where it was him just carrying the ball uh, with so much space. And I think a confident Kai Havertz just carries on running and he just slowed everything down. And I think when you're looking at why we've got him uh, in the team instead of Granit Xhaka, it's those moments. Uh, you know, everyone points to that uh, that chance that Shaka had against City last season at home at the Emirates when he receives it on the edge of the box and Diaz uh, manages to, you know, it's a really good piece of defending, but you can see that Shaka really hesitates on the ball. He does a little dummy shot. This is why we bought Kai Havertz. He's supposed to be more incisive in those actions. And that that is what is just still lacking at the moment. Uh, and I think that's fine. Um, I think... Uh, I'd, I'd probably like to see Vieira keep his place at the weekend. I'm not sure he will, um, but I, I think Vieira d- deserves to start again. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely more promising. Um, and, you know, he definitely didn't look out of place or anything, which he perhaps did against United at times. Um, but yeah, a, a more promising performance for, from Kai Havertz. And I, I think it's good to, to highlight him. And he also got a really good reception um, fr- from the fans. And, Again, uh, I don't know whether this worries me or not, but he, he looked a lot better when he moved up front. And uh, yeah, I don't know what, what to really make of that at the moment. I thought so too. Um, Daniel or Alfie, any thoughts on Kai Havertz or any other performances you want to pick off? I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll go to Alfie first because I think um, I'm going to flip it over to Daniel for the first canon concern for our next segment. Any other things you want to highlight, Alf? I think Havertz fits into the good stuff. I think if we're talking about in relation to his previous performances, I think this is probably his best since the Community Shield where he was playing up front. Uh, I agree with Rob. I think his best moments came when he went up front. He had some really nice touches. Uh, There was one where Odegaard switched it and he played a really nice first-time little ball to Smith-Rowe. There was the one that led to the Odegaard goal where he sort of won the duel, drove inside and then fed Smith-Rowe and then eventually got recircled back to Odegaard for finished brilliantly. By the way, in Odegaard and Trossard, we might have two of the the best ball strikers in Europe. Like, Trossard's goal, I couldn't believe... I was right behind it, so like right behind that where the, the ball went into that corner. And that... I couldn't believe how much it swerved last minute. Like it was looked like it was going wide, and then it just curls last minute. The the technique he's got in that ball striking is brilliant. But the same with Odegaard. Um, so I guess that's good stuff as well. Um, but yeah, I think he he looked he worked really hard, as Rob said. I think if we looked at him through the granite Shaka lens a bit more, we'd be more optimistic about his performances. I think it's because what what Rob highlighted there is we obviously brought him in for his impact that he could have in the final third. And that's the stuff we haven't seen as much um, yet. We've seen him look relatively, you know, decent in possession in terms of continuity, retaining the ball. He's been really good in the duels. Um, and I think, yeah, he, he, his his inclination when he gets it is to move it on quickly. Um, I know Rob was saying that he did, he did, he was slow in that particular carry but generally he likes to you know get rid of the ball quickly and you know link play and if granite shaka did that would be quite happy um 
we are still looking for more of that sort of box crashing back post stuff, which is what he was brought in to do. But he did, you know, he got two shots in this game. He created a pretty big chance for Jesus with that really nice reverse ball. I think it was better than what we've seen. He still doesn't show for the ball that much. Like he had the fewest touches of any player on the pitch uh, that start that played the full 90 uh, or any Arsenal player anyway. Um, including David Raya, who had more touches than him. But when he went up front, he wanted to get the ball and he was he was laying it off really nicely. And I sent that uh, compilation of his performance to, to our Twitter group chat and we all sort of agreed, yeah, he's good at sort of keeping it in setting play and keeping it in motion. I think that's kind of what we want from our left eight, but we do just want to see more of that goal threat stuff. Um, yeah, he's not done enough yet. He's not doing enough yet. You want more from a £65 million player. But I think this was an encouraging step in the right direction, personally. Yeah, I, I agree. And and I said in that group chat, I think that, honestly, the best we've seen of Kai Havertz so far is the stuff where he's not touching the ball. And I don't mean to insult him or anything, but I just think he gives defenders a worry. They're like, oh, shit, there's a six-foot-four Kai Havertz behind me. I got, I got to watch out for him. And then maybe that gives a space for somebody else to get into a dangerous area. Or he just puts his awkwardly long body in front of a defender so they can't get to Jesus. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, I think that left eight role, I, I agree with you, Alfie. I think it's about more than just being a box crasher, sort of, even though that is what we want to see. I think at the end of the day, it's going to just be the position that probably gets the ball the least, you know? And it's like a high impact highly important, low-touch sort of a position. So I'm not too concerned yeah, like, with Havertz, really. Shaka was a really, really high-touch player for most sure. of his Arsenal career. He moved to that position, and he still wasn't... He, like, he was a bit higher than what Shaka Havertz is getting now. But he he went down significantly in that oh, yeah. aspect. So, yeah, I do think it's, it's not the most glamorous role no. uh, on the pitch in Arteta's system, but it is an important role. Um, and I think he's... He's doing most of what the manager wants from him. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And um, honestly, though, Mac, my favorite part of his performance was uh, the the classy tribute to Thomas Partey, where he just completely blasted it over the bar. I thought that was very, very nice of him. That was a shame on his week of foot, but I thought the first touch was really good. Yeah, it's everything but the finish. Uh, Rab, did you have something to say on that? No, I just thought that was quite an interesting little combination. We haven't seen much of that. And uh, yeah, I suppose with Havertz as well, um, as we have sort of said with our entirety of our attack, maybe it would be fairer to judge him through the lens of playing with with Gabriel Jesus. Maybe then we can um, get to a, a really sort of conclusive judgment on Havertz. I think also as well, like you you watch the replay of the Saka goal, Havertz is right there. Um, he, he's getting in those positions, I think, is one of those things that I think is really different to anything we've we've really had. And I, I think it's going to take a little while for the other players to learn as well where he's going to be and, and when he's going to pop up. And I think once, you know, these things just synchronize, we're going to we're going to really reap the rewards. And, you know, a lot of people who know a lot of um, really technical stuff about the game. Think he is going to bang even in that role. Um, I really like him up front. I think he can offer us something really interesting. And I also like Gabriel Jesus as a wide option. So I wouldn't mind to see seeing that explored at some point. Um, but yeah, I think with with uh, with Raya in the team, 
Uh, we've, there's there's so many ways where you can use Havertz. He's a really sort of useful uh, tool in our system. Yeah. Should we should we mention Odegaard in a I was good I was just section. about to. Because yeah. he can't it. he can't not be mentioned. He was unbelievable. Genuinely, I think it's one of his best performances in an Arsenal shirt. Um he only scored the one goal. And that is although, some high bar. It is because he's been unreal. Rob, your article about Odegaard could not have come at a better time. The boy is scoring goals and he is I think he might honestly be one of the most lethal, if not the most lethal, edge of the box, cut back one time finishers in Europe. Um, he's getting that thing that, the, I mean, De Bruyne is unbelievable at as yes. well. And he's sort of, he's catching up to De Bruyne in that aspect. Now, no, no, in this specific finish, the low finish, there's no better player in the world right now. He's been doing it, and, it, and it, it's not like he's just started doing it. He was doing it last season as well. He did it at St. James's Park last season from even further out. It's a skill that he has completely nailed. Uh, and did it for Norway a few weeks ago. He did it for Norway. He, he did it in the North London Derby last season. Hopefully he does it again this weekend. And I think the great thing about it is that, for me, he's going to have to be close down more and that's going to liberate Bakayo Saka it, 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 and I, I think that's, that can only be a good thing um, but yeah he is in the form of his life uh, and like isn't it funny that all those years ago he was hyped to be you know future best player in the world and he's actually like in terms of his current level he's, he's in that conversation he has to be uh, well, you know we were talking about it last year with him being one of sorry Mac um, being one of the best players in the Premier League um, and yeah, now he's carrying on with that momentum. And what, what I think is craziest about Odegaard is, is we have some damn good finishers in this group. And I think if I were to be honest right now, him and probably Leandro Trossard are probably the best finishers of the club. And I think that's such high praise for Martin Odegaard, who is a guy, let's not forget, this is a dude we were like, Odegaard, you've got to shoot, man. Why are you not pulling the trigger? Is this Mesut Ozil reincarnated? new this guy is a shooter man oh and i just love seeing him score too because it's just like the first time in ages that we've had like a proper arsenal captain apologies mac no yeah. not entirely <laughs> fuck's sake <laughs> i no it's fine i was literally just gonna hand it over to you daniel um alf last thing before we head on to can of concerns oh, I forgot. oh that was it um yeah the one area where i'd say he isn't a good finisher is when he's when he go and he very rarely gets into these positions, but it's when he's one on one with goalkeepers when he goes through on goal, he he just like he had I think of a few. There was one a couple seasons ago where he went through against Burnley and he just looked dreadful. Um he just, uh, really it was the one that, that the one that stands one, the Liverpool one at Everton one. as well. And oh, the Everton. Yeah. But in, in terms of edge of the box bull striking, he's unbelievable. Um, I think it would yeah. be interesting to see this version of Martin Erdegaard one-on-one with a goalkeeper. I don't see him missing. Well, yeah, the, uh, I just think he doesn't he doesn't receive the ball and take it into the position to shoot that well because he's not the quickest necessarily and he just isn't used to that position. There was the one at St. James's Park, uh, which wasn't terrible. It was quite a hard chance, but yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think that wraps up our discussion on Martin Odegaard. I will say one more thing. He was dropping very deep, uh, playing alongside kind of Declan Rice. Yeah, he was assisting with the deep build-up at times. And it was 
cool to see him kind of given more creative freedom. Um, sometimes, I don't know, I love how he combines with Sokka, but sometimes I think it does get a bit formulaic. And seeing him really take over the midfield, it was wonderful. Um, let's get into canon concerns. I There's really not much negative to say about the match. Um, honestly, I'm not sure we have anything. There's There are a few things that are kind of tickle in the back of my brain. Um, and I'll just invite anyone who has something they want to mention to speak. I think, Daniel, I said I would go to you first, and I will. Uh, but if you don't have anything, feel free to turn it over. No, 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 I do. Um, don't worry. Okay, you can good. always rely on me to be a pessimist. <laughs> um, Very true. <laughs> uh, no, I, um, well, the, I said this in the, in the WhatsApp uh, group chat about PSV is they stink. Okay? So, like, a wider picture sort of a thing. I guess a canon concern I have would be we haven't seen this against like a very typical English low block that we're probably going to come up against like 40 times this season. Um, PSV, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Um, and trying to go toe-to-toe with Arsenal, who it's, I'm, I don't think I'm out of school saying this. We're one of the best teams in the world at the moment. Why are you going to go to the Emirates and try to go to I respect it, though. Like... I don't. Yeah, I, I think, like it. I think, uh, I think that's, we, that's I think something that we're going to have different games in the Champions League because te- you, you're playing against teams that generally, obviously, to be in the Champions League, they're good in their own league, so they've got that sort of philosophy and playing style that they're, they're probably used to having a lot of the ball and coming out. So they're going to try and do that a bit more than teams in the the Premier League do. Uh, unless yeah, I, let's go Madrid, obviously. I mean, that said, if you're a Dutchman, Alfie, traveling to London, England, and the pissing down rain, I don't I saw know a few of them at the bus stop yesterday. I don't know if you appreciate them playing that open against, you know, Arsenal. Um, no, yeah, uh, I was sat um, above them. They were still having a pretty good time. No, <laughs> they, they, they're just loving away there. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's important couple, to recognize... A couple, couple joints in the crowd yeah. down there, fair enough. PSV <laughs> are, are managed by Peter Bosch, who is kind of known for absolute insane like free flowing wide the fuck open football and that's what they've been playing in the air divisie like keep in mind that they're top of their respective league they've scored 28 goals in nine games um they're flying this season yeah i found out after the game we ended like their like 28 match unbeaten oh. run or something yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah like, i mean in fairness, <laughs> we, though, we smacked them four nil <laughs> in, in a league where luke de Jong has nine goals in his in his first however many oh, games man, he's such a dinosaur he's such a donkey <laughs> all right sorry we've interrupted Danny. You, back uh, to you, mate. no that's fine what'd you guys make of that one scenario where de Jong was like Beyond furious with Declan oh, Rice, yeah, he was like fuming. For John. I was, I was like, I, oh. I, I've seen this after the match. It's just so funny, like watching Declan Rice argue with someone because he's so easy to lip read. Like you, you can see exactly what he said. What? <laughs> <laughs> like he talks so slow. You're right. You can, you can just say, you can just see him say, "Shut up, to the young. <laughs> <laughs> it was he, so he random. Well, in fairness, like, and I think it was just one. What did it mean to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he what? He won the ball back, like followed through slightly on the top of Deong's foot. Wasn't worth the argument, but it really wasn't. Um, but that's really the only. Uh, what's What's great, Mac, is that that's the only candid concern I I can really think of. Um, I'm sure these two equally pessimistic douchebags will come up with something, but um. No, I mean, it was just all in all a pretty damn perfect, perfect night. Um, 
And it's just got me in really high spirits for, for the rest of the season because leading up to it, man, I mean, I didn't think we fell off or anything, but I think it's fair to say we've had a a slower start to the season than, than what's ideal. And um, this just looked like the arsenal of last season again. And I just love that, you know, we were, we were basically proven. um, We had it proven to us. I should say that that dynamic, quick moving, electrifying uh, arsenal side is still there. It's just maybe been hiding under the, under the surface of it. Also, Jesus came back. Neither of those things hurt. Um, Robbie, you have something, I'm sure. I've got a canon concern, ladies and gentlemen, and this this is very concerning. This is that Ben White was yellow carded for a piece of shithousery, and it. I'm absolutely gutted that a referee finally saw him being a shithouse. I mean, what, <laughs> I can really see it in the ground. I've only seen it after the match, but what he did was hilarious. Like, he, what did he actually do? He, I, I had no clue. He, he just he just tap tackled. <laughs> he was like Noah Lang had like turned him inside out or something, or it might have even been Dest. And <laughs> Ben White just like clips his heels with his hand. Yeah, he like literally grabbed his foot. I was like, dude, what a legend, bro. <laughs> do, you, do you remember like in his first season? I can't remember who we were playing. I think it might have been like Liverpool at home. And Ben White just like referee wasn't watching and he just absolutely clattered into someone. I think I think it might have been Palace. It was like someone running was through on, someone <laughs> yeah. running through on goal, like inside him, we turn the ball over and he just taps him in the heels and watches him go. Do, down. do you remember um Gwen Doozy's foul on was it on Zaha oh my god the yes. rugby tackle yes. at the end of the game yeah dude he got I, I rumors have it he actually got an NFL contract after that one that was absolutely massive so yeah just a bit upset that, that Ben White shithousery hasn't been spotted and just concerned that referees might be might be uh keeping an eye on it moving forward I mean I listened to the Arscast on the in the car earlier uh and um, Phil Costa is doing the Champions League stuff with Andrew. He said that um, next on the list for Ben White is to pull someone's shorts down. And uh, I, I, I need to see that. I need it. He did get caught the one time on VAR, like grabbing the keeper's hand. <laughs> the one disallowed goal we had. I forget against whom. Alfie will know. Alfie, what game was that last season? Wait, we'll say that again. That, that like, was Leicester. Leicester away last yeah, season. Danny. Ball comes oh, into yes. the box and he's Ball. holding. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I have that, Alfie. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, Alfie, yeah. mate, any county concerns from your end? I, I actually have three. Uh, okay, and they're all sort of. I guess it's kind of nitpicking because it was almost a well. Sure, night. go ahead. But um, I think it is important you 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 look at canon at, at your concerns uh, after game, even when you win, just to keep some balance. They're all sort of minor. One of them is like a projected concern about potentially fatigue for Sunday, but just generally, I think. I know it was the first game back and we wanted to win it and Arteta wanted to go full out and show that, you know, announce ourselves on the European stage. And it was a bit of a statement to Europe, I think. But I think he is going to have to rotate a little bit more. And I'm sure he will, but I'm a little bit concerned that Spurs have had a full week off and we, most of our players, I know he took players off early, which was good, but I'm a little bit concerned about that aspect. Um, 
The other thing is, well, one. Don't you think though that like we barely had to get out of second gear? Like we did in the second half, but yeah, I'm not too concerned about it. It's just it's like a potential thing moving forward. And the best teams in the world like do have to play two games. Do yeah, Yeah. but like it it will be a slight advantage to Spurs on the weekend. Um, my other things. Uh, one of them was, it was also related to Ben White actually. So on the ball, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He was so good going forward. I think there's a few types of wingers which he's slightly struggling with. I felt in the ground, I don't know, I'll probably have to rewatch it, but I don't know if it came across as this. I felt in the first half in particular, he slightly struggled with Noah Lang um, and his direct running, and he sort of beat him and he got him behind a few times. And I think one player he has struggled with generally when he's come up against is Marcus Rashford. Um, and maybe that's becoming a little bit of a theme. I'm not too concerned about it because ultimately we, you know, pre- pre- prevented them from creating anything. But it's something to watch out for. Uh, and the final thing, I think, is a just to, to introduce a bit of a conversation about the the goalkeeping situation. I'm a little bit concerned about. This is my kind of concern as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit concerned about. Ramsdale and the sort of effect this could have on the dressing room. Obviously, we're projecting, and obviously, Arteta's created such a good culture, um, and the players are professional that it shouldn't really impact them. But obviously, he's a very popular member of the dressing room. He's very influential, and you know, has how much has he? How much he has lost his place? I guess most people think that's it for him. Like this is a change of the guard. I think. If he doesn't play against Spurs, I think we can definitively say that, basically. I'm still holding out for that, that maybe this was a conversation they've had, that Rye was going to come in for Everton because the game plan suited him for that game. He was going to play against PSV and then Ramsdale would have the North London derby. But Do, do, you, feel we'll better, do you feel more confident with David Rye in goal than Aaron Ramsdale? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think he's... I think he's unbelievably good at coming for crosses. Like he's so commanding, uh, which was partly why I thought he was picked for Everton um, with their set piece threat. I think on the ball he is more calm and composed. Yeah, I do. But I still think Ramsdale thrives in certain environments. Twelve accurate kicks yesterday. Twelve, yeah. like long, is- long kicks. Like he's ridiculous. He's a better ball player than Ramsdale, and that's not a slight on Ramsdale. But I think David Rye is elite in that aspect. I think I think Rye is just exceptional. I heard on uh, the Ripple Effects uh, JLA James Lawrence Allcourt's podcast the other day, someone was saying they think he's and this wasn't an Arsenal fan. He's in he has the potential to be in the bracket with the likes of Allison, um, and I think that might be the caliber of goalkeeper you have in your hands. That as much as I like Ramsdale sentimentally. Um, and I do think he's a really good goalkeeper. I've said it for ages. I think when you have someone in potentially in Allison's bracket, unfortunately, that is the ruthless decision you've got to make if you want to keep upgrading the squad. I think Arteta's clearly not afraid to make that decision. Yeah. Um, on the Ben White note, before I talk about Ryan Ramsdale, because I have a lot to say there. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, first of all, shout out Noah Lang. I think I brought him up on a podcast like a year ago or something did, as that. a player I'd like us to sign. And 
he's shown off why he was PSV's best player. On the night. He's got a terrible attitude though. Yeah. He's, he's a bit of a diva. He and Sergio Dest both he's, actually. That makes sense. Cause he's really fun to watch. Yeah. So usually <laughs> they tend to be dickheads. <laughs> a little bit. Do you remember though, like Trossard like came in with a bit of a like diva attitude. Well, and he's he, like he, being he as, as humble as they can be. since. I think that was just because he, he wanted to leave. So he yeah, exactly. Let's carry on about the juicy stuff. Bit of Ben White and then Ryan. Yeah. Cause this is what the people want. Um, no doubt. It's a random thing. I think he struggles to flip his hips against pacier kind of more direct style wingers. Like the best wingbacks in the world and the best fullbacks in the world are able to kind of have that very quick change of hip direction that allows them to kind of keep up with the stops and the starts and the checkbacks and the changes of pace. And I think he's such a smooth runner. Like he's very, you know, he's kind of got a long stride. He's very graceful, but he doesn't quite have like the hip snap to keep up with that level of agility. Um, it that, makes sense yeah. given he's been a centre back for most of exactly. his, his career. He's quite used to facing. <laughs> Isn't it funny that now you think about it, Timber is basically a foil to that. A hundred percent, and it's a shame that he's injured for as long as he is. First of all, I would have loved to see him in this atmosphere and in this game. Anyway, um, on Ramsdale and Raya, right before the game, in fact, about two hours before kickoff, I published an article on wheelofyourarsenal.co.uk. Uh, titled Ramsdale versus Raya rotation or replacement. I think I might've been replacement or rotation regardless the title stands. And in it, I kind of argued a lot of what we've talked about in that, you know, Raya is arguably a better distributor, but is much better at going out wide. He's one of the best goalkeepers in the world that lofted passes and launched passes and, you know, spreading play like that. Ramsdale tends to be a lot steadier. His passes tend to be a lot shorter. He can definitely pick one when he wants to. But I think he's less confident on the ball. Um, Raya is a better, you know, collector of crosses. But the big thing, the big difference that I've noted between the two of them, uh, I didn't actually talk about it in the article much. Raya is a much more composed kind of handler of the ball. He's much more inclined to catch a ball, whereas Ramsdale tends to kind of parry. And I think the the control and the different ways that that can change up tempo, not only because Ramsdale has a greater chance of creating another opportunity for opposition. Um, Rob, I'm not sure if you're talking, but you are muted, mate. But um, also- I'm, not, um, I'm I'm like singing along to the Erdegaard chart, uh, you know, the new one. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. I just saw your mouth moving and I was like, oh, <laughs> are you looking to chime in? But no, um, I don't know. I think when we've played Brentford in the past, I've noticed that Raya will like grab the ball and hold on to it. And kind of, it's just a move that, really is weirdly disruptive in terms of tempo, you know, doesn't give away as many corners or rebounds or second chances, but also just gives us the ability to kind of redistribute and restart our own patterns from, from ground zero. Um, His handling is really good. The other thing I've noticed is the impact I feel like he has on the players in front of him, like the defenders. I feel like they're more aggressive in their attempts to play out. They were taking more risks. And I think part of that is because he's kind of stepping up into a second center back role. Like he's playing alongside Gabrielle or Saliba and allowing us to really advance uh, high and far. Daniel, you and I talked about this a little bit. Um, I'm actually going to come to you just because we haven't heard your, your dulcet tones in a little bit. Talk to me about how your mind has maybe been changed. Because I think a lot of people, myself included in my article, predicted that Ramsdale would start. He's the keeper that got us to the Champions League and thereby kind of deserves that moment and he wasn't really given it so tell me your thoughts 
emotionally, I just I found it pretty brutal. And and we know we all know here that Aaron Ramsdale is a very emotional guy. So I'm sure it probably kind of hurt his feelings, for lack of a better word. I know that at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, I, I care about Aaron Ramsdale. I love Aaron Ramsdale, but I care and love Arsenal <laughs> way more. Um, and and at the moment, I mean, if Raya's doing something in training to turn Arteta's head towards him, and then you look at the fact that against Everton, I think he was really solid playing the ball out from the back. Um, I think it's impossible not to play Raya in this game. I do want to touch on something, though, just about the whole sort of situation, though. Um, and uh, Mac will know this. Paramount Plus, CBS Sports, they do an absolutely phenomenal job at uh, covering the Champions League over here. And it was one uh, Peter Schmeichel who made an excellent point about goalkeeping. And this is why, folks, I do believe that there is a changing of the guard right now and Raya is going to become our starting goalkeeper. Goalkeepers need stability. It's not like a striker. It's not like a winger. It's not like a center back. And hear me out, okay? If you're trying to flip-flop the goalkeepers between games, you kind of can run the risk of, you could think about an Aaron Ramsdale in particular trying some crazy shit like this, trying hard to impress the manager, maybe pulling overly risky stuff and actually hurting the team. I think goalkeeper is just not like any other position on the pitch. And Mikel Arteta can try to be the innovator. He could try to be a Steve Jobs regen in football, all that he wants. I think goalkeepers are just different. And you have one starting goalkeeper. Look, man, I'm a weirdo, dude. I, I actually have the mint kit for crying out loud. I'm all about weird shit. But I just don't think that that's how this happens. <laughs> Rob like that one. I don't think that's how goalkeeping works. I think that... You have a sheriff, essentially, and you have a deputy. You have an Alfie Colshaw, the chief editor, and you have a Daniel Vinton, the deputy editor. Like, that's how it goes. Um, so, I, yeah, no, I, I think Raya has has stolen the spot. Um, to be to be totally honest, I don't think it's from anything that we've really seen. I think Ramsell's had maybe a, I don't even know if you call it shaky, not ideal start to the season. And maybe that's just given... Um, Raya the nod at the end of the day, but I just, yeah, I'm concerned for Ramsdale because then you look at the whole uh, burned Leno parallel, how it was the exact same amount of games um, until Ramsdale was brought in. And, you know, maybe a lot of people question the transfer. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel for Aaron Ramsdale. I really do. But I just, yeah, I think that it's changed. I think Raya has become our number one goalkeeper and the situation is crazy, but Look, at the end of the day, I'm like, honestly, at this point, I'm 99% certain that Rye is going to start against Tottenham. Like, I'm, I'm that confident. Yeah, um, I agree with you, Daniel. I think I'm going to push back against it a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, Alf and Rob, you both have things to say. I will let you say them. Um, in my article, again, shout out. I said something along the lines of, I was talking about Brighton. And I was saying, you know, in their five Premier League matches so far, um, Roberto De Zerbi has played Jason Steele three times and Verbruggen, the new guy, twice. And but, 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 but this is well, Jason Steele 
and Verbruggen. Yeah. This is not Aaron Look, listen, Ramsdale and, and David Raya. And, and I understand. Verbruggen looks really good, to be fair. But my my yeah, point is, he, he's so played them in the matches played, that suit them, though. Like, has Verbruggen played the last two? Uh, no. Jason Steele oh, okay. played the last match. Yeah. We, basically, Steele played the first two. Verbruggen played the next two. He brought Steele back in. My point was, I made a point in the article. Um, the metaphor I think I used was a stupid Star Wars one, but I was like, oh, yeah. It's not like the Sith, where there must be a master and an apprentice. I I think you know there is the I love op- that one. Thank you. There's the opportunity for. I hate it. You're a nerd, and you should kill yourself. <laughs> Damn. Okay. I <laughs> guess. <laughs> no. Uh, there's there's the opportunity I think for two goalkeepers to play in the same squad in scenarios where they will suit a match better, right? But I want to bring it back to a quote that I actually said in the chat. Rob, you already have kind of claimed that Raya should start the North London Derby. And in fact, you've been saying it for a while. You said that you predicted the changeover of power would come in the Tottenham match a few weeks ago. Um, it's come earlier than that. But, you know, you said, I think Raya should start. I think he's better suited. And I said, at what point does better suited just become the better keeper? And this is this, I'm sure, is what kind of Alfie, you and Rob both want to talk about. And I am going to hand it to Alfie only because he's been trying to interrupt me the last two times. Oh, sorry, Rob's, <laughs> Rob's had a meltdown. Alfie, please be quick. But there was something Thierry Henry said on the broadcast last night. I want to get your thoughts on it. He said that Ramsdale was brought in to get us into top four. Raya is the goalkeeper that Arteta believes can win us a title. Alfie, very quickly, because Rob is foaming at the mouth to get on the mic. What do you have to say? Uh, I think Henri, Henri might be right there. Um, yeah. Uh, just to respond to Daniel, though, and I think you you very much could be right, Daniel, and I think it's a very fair point, um, what you were saying, Schmeichel said and stuff. The only thing is, I feel like new ideas and innovations are always met with resistance. Like the first time Pep tried to use inverted fullbacks, it seemed quite weird. Um, until they are proven to be successful and then people just accept them as normal. And maybe this is an innovation coming into the game. Mac referenced the Verbruggen uh, steel situation. I'm pretty sure Palace are attempting to do a similar thing with Sam Johnson and Dean Henderson. I think that's um, rough though. Eh? <laughs> like, that's a very different level of comparison. Even no, to but it, it's, it's a similar thing. Right? They, they probably have different attributes, which suit different games. Um, and goalkeepers are becoming more specialized. Ten, five, ten years ago, it was just like, can you keep the ball out? Then it was all about your shot stopping abilities. Now with how tactically complex the game is, that goalkeepers can be so different that it can be, you know, a different player for a different game. Name me a game where Ramsdale would suit it better. For example, that's, I think that's he's, what I was thinking. Yeah, no, I think it's a reasonable point. But for example, I think he's very, very good one on one. Um, potentially better than Raya. I think if there was a game where we felt we may concede more one on one chances to a very transition heavy team, maybe that would suit him. And it, 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 but you'd, I don't know. Like so you might be I, right. But that, but also, I was, was comment on this statistically. I was going to reference quick. Forest as well. Sorry, they they've got Turner. They've also brought in this Greek guy. No, that's fair. Um, so maybe um, they'll be doing a similar thing. Yeah, I would say statistically, Ramsdale is the better sweeper keeper. He's got 
better save percentages and a better kind of take on percentage outside of the doesn't box. have a better save percentage no no no, no not in total i'm saying in one v one chances like against okay. direct attacks oh, yeah. one on one he's yeah. he's so good and like, i think speciality. personally i'd say he'd be the better keeper in a match that's quite open where we are like looking to play up the center i think if an opponent is going to kind of sit staunchly and try to clog up the middle Rai is the better option i think ramsdale's central distribution is second to few but rob please go you've got a lot to say um okay i just on the the whole uh like debate in general i i think it's right spot now i think that that's pretty clear i think he'll play at the weekend uh i think he's the being brought in as as the number one and i think it's just something that everyone was in denial about because we all love aaron ramsdale but like I think this is where like Arteta like massively differentiates from Arsene Wenger, for example. Arsene Wenger would never, ever, 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 ever do this. Um, you know, we we handed Aaron Ramsdale a new contract a few months ago. For God's sake, he's a fan favorite. Everyone loves him. Uh, he's he's a character. Uh, every time we score, he's he's knee sliding or whatever, and everyone loves it. But despite being a top four level goalkeeper, we've upgraded. And I don't want to sit here and say like, we wouldn't be able to win the league with Aaron Ramsdale in goal. I think, you know. So you're not being Jamie Carragher then? Because that quote is absurd. No, I didn't, yeah, that is a, that's a ridiculous thing to say. But maybe we have a better chance with Raya. Because right now, at this stage in his career, and, you know, you there are some stats, goalkeeping-wise, which are very dubious. I know Alfie has his concerns about um, post-shot XG, um, and I understand why he has those concerns. But if you're just looking across the board, Raya profiles very well, and Ramsdale doesn't, really. Um, so, so, so there's that. Raya is the better keeper, and supposedly Arteta has looked at the stat sheet as well and used that as an argument to bring in Raya. Um, then the, the other thing I, I just want to say, and I think the big difference that Raya makes is the calmness that he exudes across the whole team. Aaron Ramsdale is a fractious character. Um, let's just look back at. Or, or even knowing what he's capable of. Let's look at that Southampton game that we drew three all. What is he doing? I, it's, and I, under, I understand why Arteta's been so cutthroat. I mean, we excused it at the time because we loved him. But imagine if that was like Eddie Nketiah making that mistake to lead to a goal. I think we would have ripped his fucking throat out. This is, this is, you know, that was inexcusable in the midst of a title race. And then there was even a, a moment against United where, you know, he just sort of tries to a more adventurous pass and it just ends up in the middle of the park and I know it can happen and I know Edison does it but like Raya's mistakes the, the last night came when he just overhit passes it wasn't anything like too dangerous the dangerous stuff always comes off for Raya so I think we've just got a, a, a better established ball playing keeper we had a good one in Ramsdale he upgraded us significantly but I think we all are aware that like Purple Patch Ramsdale, when he joined, was quite a different keeper to what, what he was after that. He's still very good, don't get me wrong, but like he's never quite hit that 
like ridiculous level again. And I wonder if what we've seen over the last sort of 18 months is a truer representation of Ramsdale and we can't just sort of keep thinking, oh, that purple patch Ramsdale is going to come back. But um, I want to also say that I think, I hope that, you know, this isn't the end of Ramsdale's career. I don't think it will be at Arsenal. And I hope that he can just really, like, learn this season under Raya. That that would be my, like, big thing. I hope he can learn to add an element of serenity to his game because that is what Raya has over him significantly for me. I think it hurts. Um, and I agree with what you just said, serenity. But I also think that's part of what helps Ramsdale thrive in certain hostile environments, his character and you wouldn't necessarily want to take that completely away from him um i think it hurts because we love ramsdale but i'm completely for it because i think it might make us a better team and probably will um and you've got to be cutthroat if you want to keep up with this city team um yeah um dan dan did you have something to say you raised your hand i did um I actually had a question to spring to Mac because I feel like Mac this episode is sort of, uh, pardon me, I, I, I'm a total nerd about my, my the, the boys know I have players that I really just love. Um, very Sergio Busquets performance tonight from Mac Johnson. Um, not getting a whole lot of attention, but he's really doing well pulling the strings. So I'm going to spring you a I question. I like coasting. I don't know. This is fun. <laughs> I'm really enjoying well, myself man. here. But. You're pinging the ball around. Easy. Effortless. Um, Mac, is there any chance... Among all of this positive talk and whatever, here I go being a pessimist again, um, that he's just the shiny new toy and we've only seen the good parts of his game. I, I was actually going to, I was debating saying something like this um, only because, you know, Rob, just to push back on one thing you've said that his errors kind of come when he's pumping the ball long and, you know, every risky thing he's tried has worked. We also have a sample size of two, like oh yeah, paper, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to. It's and and and, 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 and we at Brentford for a few seasons where he yeah, was and excellent. that's yeah. and that's the yeah. point I'm going to make is that he has been one of the league's most elite distributors. Um, I mean, it's easy when you have a target like Ivan Tony to aim for, but I think at the same time, it's not so, that easy though because I don't no. think Bern Leno could do it. Absolutely not. And so much of their success has kind of come through his ability to break lines and find players deep and allow Brentford to kind of build up an attack in the way that they they like. And it's been interesting to see, just to talk about Brentford for a sec, see them like, yes, succeed this season. But, you know, I, is it Mark Flecken? I think it's Mark Flecken um, has been he's been good. He's a good shot stopper. He's a good modern goalkeeper. In weird ways, he reminds me a bit of Ramsdale. He's not always the most confident. He can flap at some crosses, and his distribution is good, not great. And it's been interesting to see them, without Ivan Tony transition to a more fluid rotational system in possession, but also to see them trust their goalkeeper a lot less. I and like it, I spent a lot of time, especially writing this article that I've written, shout out for the third time, looking at their statistical profiles, Ramsdale and Raya, and comparing them. But also, you know, can, trying to get myself into the mind of Mikel Arteta, right? To look at, he's seen Brent, you know, he's seen Raya train, he's seen him play at Brentford, and there's clearly something there that just pure eye test has for Raya above Ramsdale has kind of in Raya's favor, and 
I don't know. I think, yeah, there's a chance we've just seen the good sides and there might be some bad because everyone has peaks and valleys. For me, Raya has been one of the most underrated goalkeepers in the league for the past two or three seasons. He's been pretty lights out for Brentford kind of since he started his in his time there in the Premier League. And I don't know. I um well we I, wanted yeah. him when he was in the championship. Exactly. when we <laughs> right like when we brought in Inaki Kanya and then wanted Ryan to yeah. follow. Yeah. He was the priority. And I'm I'm Inaki sure that would have follows me, by the way. <laughs> oh, does he actually? I'm, sure, I'm sure that that's yeah. cool. I'm sure that would have been for him to start because like would have been better than Leno at the time with his feet. hundred percent. No doubt. Um, and yeah, I think, Let's you know, just say, I don't think this was the plan in the summer. I don't no. think this was a position we were planning on. No, it yet. was, it was market opportunity. Exactly. And that's um, that I think was the brilliant thing about the loan too. I don't think we've, we, we haven't even mentioned the, like Rob was saying, I hope it's not the end of his time at Arsenal. I think it kind of is like, I don't think Ramsdale, if, if this is it for him, I don't think he's going to stay around, hang around because he's way, way too good to be a number two. But I mean, it's not the end. It's not like a disaster. We, yeah, exactly. What Dan, Danny's doing the this. How do you, how do it's you it's called that? a snap. A snap. I mean, I'm well, sorry. Not, basically, not we can not get a fuck ton of money. <laughs> Were you rub it? Oh, it was, it was cash. I yeah, didn't see I was, what you were doing. So uh, I'll explain it. Um, basically, I had my thumb. Um, and I was pressing it up against my index middle ring and, <laughs> and pinky oh. finger. I proceeded to rub my thumb against the tips of the aforementioned money fingers. Money. To insinuate get, money. I didn't see the money. gesture. I was looking at Alfie's bald head. <laughs> Alfie just let, Oh my God. Alfie just shot himself live on the air. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, no, but seriously, we could, yeah, we could generate like a serious profit. And, and we've been absolutely talking about how the club is fundamentally bad at selling players. And look, I, sure, we love Aaron Ramsdale, blah, 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 whatever. Who cares? You know what I love more than Aaron Ramsdale? A fucking Premier League trophy, man. Like, if, if that's what it takes to get titles, selling players that we like, I don't care. You know, like we got to do what we got to do. it, And finally, we have a manager in charge that is capable, that has the cojones, shout out Troy Dini, um, to actually do it. And I mean, obviously, this is, a, I mean, imagine we're having this huge discussion, then Ramsdale starts at Spurs. That would be hilarious. Um, but I mean, this, I could genuinely see, yeah, Ramsdale going off to, you know, whomever it is for, you know, 60, 70 million. And, and then that, uh, well, that, that 30 million or so we paid for him is just going to be absolutely pipsqueaked and it's going to be world-class business from, from Edu. So that's how a big club operates. Yeah. And, and I think that's got to be the way we go. We've, we've got him tied down as well. I honestly think he could, set, he could set a world record fee. I do truly believe that by the way, like set him to Newcastle. I think they nah. fit well there. I think you could see they, him they going to get there rid too. of Nick Pope. If they want to get better, they need to upgrade Nick. I, I could see yeah. him going to Newcastle. I feel Genuinely. like the three teams linked. It was Liverpool. No, it wasn't Liverpool. It was Chelsea, Chelsea. were linked. Bayern course, were linked. Course, always Chelsea won it. Yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea was everyone. linked with a football player. Really? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> weirdly, weirdly, I see him like as a as a successor potentially to someone like Marc Andre Ter Stegen at Barcelona. Like I could see that being a big move because Ter Stegen's getting old, but. Anyway, yeah, um, they, they don't have what we want. They don't have the True. big bucks. Well, they, they would, they would yeah. offer like 10 million plus Sergi Roberto, something like that. I'll take 10 million in Gavi. Um, 
regardless i think i love gabby man i, love gabby. I freaking I mean, love that guy i, I think we're nearing 10 million pedri de jong and gabby <laughs> and, and and then Just we're talking full midfield, eh? and Lewandowski on a free. oh my god fight fi- we finally signed robert Lewandowski. um i think we're wrapping up the raya ramsell discussion last thing i want to say is who starts rob raya starts for you Raya has to start. Raya, I, I said I wanted Raya to start this game two weeks ago. I think we need that calming figure back there. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, I think the 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 question that was asked yesterday in the chat was a really good one. Better suited or better? Better? And I, yeah, I think he just is a bit better, and, and no one wanted to say it out loud. Alfie, Raya starts for you. Ramsdale. Why? No, I just wanted to say that. That's fair Shop. enough. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't care. I don't care. If Ramsdale starts. Listen, big game Ramsdale performance. Uh, I'd be fine with it. I, I can't. I, I still am hanging on to the idea that this is some massive innovation and that we're going to rotate goalkeepers for different games. I quite like I the quite idea. like it to be. I, I'm enjoying not being stuck in the dark ages of having to have a number one. But yeah. Uh, Daniel, Rice, that's for you. Cages. I said that in the article. I had to re had to reuse. <laughs> yeah. The good old medieval times. I can't wait for the Black Plague to strike. Um, yeah, no, I, I I think I would go for for Raya myself. Um, and and you know what? I mean, I I think uh, in terms of like the goalkeeper race, I think that's uh, not like in the goalkeepers being a species like a race. That is, I mean, like a race between Raya and Ramsdale. <laughs> You didn't have uh, to say it, by the way. No. <laughs> I'd like to point um, that out. The goalkeeper species are complicated, but no. Um, I think this is a really big test for Raya. And I mean, if he has a bad performance, since Ramsdale didn't really do all that much wrong, is there another discussion to be had? Like, let's say we play Raya and he has a couple howlers. Then are we just going to be right back to square one and be like, oh shit, uh, maybe Ramsdale needs to come back in. And uh, But... Look, this is a great headache to have. I mean, I, I still remember the days of, of you know, Chesney and, and Fabianski. You know, I mean, this is uh, this is a lot better. So I, I'll take it this way. Do you remember when, uh, like, kind of relating to all this, there's no way Emery would do this because do you remember when we asked Petr oh, Cech and he was lost first game against City? Oh, he was asking Petr Cech to uh, play out from the back, and he was so reluctant to, to switch to Leno. And the only reason he, he did was because games. The only reason he did was because Cech got injured. Oh yeah, <laughs> against exactly. Watford. It's mental. We love a goalkeeper injury in this club. It helped us helped us sell Emmy. Helped us get rid of Petr Cech. It's a good time to be. Um, yeah, have you seen that uh, like image going around of like the Darwin ev- evolution of man? And it's, yes, Ramster was almost pinnacle, almost fully human, but he just been pipped to it by David Raya. Um, poor Ramster. <laughs> he remains one of the goalkeeper species. Then, damn. So odd. Um, let's pivot to this last segment um, and back to. Back to the match, which it's been like about 30 minutes since we've talked about. Hope it's still fresh-ish. Um, we're going to be choosing our explosive moments and then having a wee debate and then picking one. Um, I will first come to my co-host, Rob Worthington. What is your explosive moment against PSV Eindhoven? I think for me, it just has to be the Saka goal. 
Uh, the, the the and and this isn't only just because of how much it, it meant to the club uh, sentimentally i think it's something that we we haven't seen yet this season apart from against forest when he scored the screamer uh an early goal to get things started it just eased all all the nerves i think we all of a sudden became very effective in front of goal and it just you know, what was already a, a crackling Emirates at- atmosphere was just, yeah, exploded into life. Uh, we saw players playing with, with freedom that, you know, we haven't really seen this season. Um, so, yeah, I think just that opening goal for me was the explosive moment of the night. Couldn't agree more. Daniel Finton. Man, this one's tricky, you know. There's a few that I could pick. Um I was actually, I'm not going to lie, I was going to pick the soccer goal, um, but I, I got to make things interesting, bro. Um, I'm going to go with, again, second week running, David Raya starting. Um, I, I just, I felt like that was huge. Um, uh, Mac and I both thought that uh, it was going to be Raya against Everton, Ramsdale in for the Champions League. And that was all to make sure that Raya doesn't get pissed off and he sees that there actually is a pathway to the first way team. Uh, first way team, first team. Um, but no, Raya, Raya got the nod here again. And I got, you know, I, I it is possible that um, we used Everton as like a warm up, so to speak, for uh, for Raya to make his Champions League debut because he would have been cold after all. Um, but no, I, I think this is probably a changing of the guard. So for me, that's my explosive moment. Uh, best division in college football, ACC, Africans culture. What are you saying? Come on. Uh, I'm not going to be interested, and I'm just going to say the Saka goal. Sorry. Um, I think it just sort of, it was kind of symbolic that the the star boy, the poster boy of the rebuild has been there from when, you know, scoring that goal in Frankfurt, um, his debut goal when we were at the pits of the Europa League, playing through some of those group games, playing at left back. He, we've sort of gone full circle with him at the helm, him as the star boy, the poster boy of this rebuild and project. And it was, it was, as I said, symbolic that he was the guy to, you know, give us the lead eight minutes in into our first Champions League game. Uh, and it was just a great moment in the stadium. Um, and one he'll never forget. And yeah, just loved it. But I could also just say the Champions League music, as Rob said earlier, which was, you know, goosebumps inside the stadium. I love that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, because it's been six and a half years since our last Champions League game, yeah. which I was at, which was my 16th birthday, which I t- posted right on Twitter. Yeah. My six, I said my 16th birthday Holy going to a game shit. where we lost 5 1, uh, which made it 10 2 on aggregate. Oh, <laughs> you went to the second Bayern match? Oh, yeah. my friend. I was convinced when Walcott scored early on, we were going to, you know, turn it around. I did not think at that point. Um, uh, as I was turning 16, that I wouldn't see another Arsenal Champions League game in the flesh until I was 22 or just at all. Just for, yeah, can, I just say, can I just say something on that too? I remember I had an Arsenal backpack in my senior year of high school. No, and, you didn't, by the way. Oh, no, oh, oh and, I, and I wore it the day after the 10-2. And I passed in the hallway by this big German lad we had wearing a Bayern Munich shirt. 
And he just looked at me and gave me a nod. And I was like, there's nothing I could do. He just beat the shit out of me, basically. It was terrible. Yeah, I had I I remember the first five one. Actually, well, both. I was a long distance. I was a cross country runner at the time, and uh, on both occasions, I came back from a practice to, and both times, my friend Zach, who was also still is an Arsenal fan, but Zach, yeah, Zach. It's the most American name of all time. I feel, but um, or it's up there at least. But he like both times came back and was like five one. And came I came back from like a run two weeks later and he was like or however long it was and he was like, Oh, did you hear about the five one? I was like, What? Like the loss to Byron like a month ago? And he was like, No, it happened again. And it was a miserable time. Um, I think the soccer goal was also mine. I I was near tears, I'll be honest. Like it was, you know, it was a goosebump moment. I was tuned into the broadcast like forty five minutes before I wanted to soak in all of the pre-match commentary, all of the atmosphere, all of the music, all of the everything. And all of the lights. Yeah. And, and, to have, <laughs> and to have him score our first Champions League goal in six and a half years. I think it was it was fitting. You know, it was there was no one better to do it. So and, uh, and I love I love that he just celebrated like a little kid as well. Yes. You know, he's been doing like the so sort happy. of the the trademark like Omri yeah, he's doing. Flag in that, yeah. yeah he's been doing that trademark but instead he's just doing he's running around doing airplanes and then I mean, like it's amazing a, a cheeky smile it was, it as he really does the cute. knee slide oh what a moment man and it, I bet it was great for you Alf because weirdly we attacked the North Bank in the first half actually that was going to be uh, we don't do stock fallings but stock fallings to teams that do that. They can go fuck themselves every yeah, time they get into my North so Bank annoying. seat, and then they go, they win the toss. And they, Sean Dyche's teams always do it. They always do it every of time they, they do. They got to win the toss. Or they switch the end, and I hate it because it means I like seeing us. Att- I mean, in this game, I got to see all the action, most of the action. But normally, it's right down my end where the the crunch period of the game is in the second half, and we get to end the limbs and stuff. But yeah fuck teams that do that i hate it it always gets a boo in the north bank that's brilliant um well that's kind of it we, uh, that's it in terms of psg chatter um or psg psv chatter um our commentator did that at one point too, yeah he I did uh, like multiple yeah, times I, I, it was, I, I kind of sympathized i mean but yeah. i got it i got it for sure. although i i think you know we are in hour 20 pretty much into this given that this is our second stab at an audio recording shout out to a small bit of technical issues early on um but i want to talk about spurs i want to talk about the north london derby and you know do i care that we're going long absolutely not i'm here for it it's a four-man pod we're going big um for the first time we've really seen a team come to the emirates this season and you know try to go toe-to-toe with us um try to play try to attack try to do something other than sit in a low block um, and if there's one thing we know about Ange Ball this season, it's that they are going to try and come forward, try to attack. I just want a little, like, let's say two minutes each, just some previews, some expectations, maybe a score prediction. Um, if you have any bold takes about starting lineups, go ahead. And I'm going to kick it off with the man himself, Alfie Kearns Colshaw, because he does have to leave soon. Uh, just give me your, your little preview, your blurb, your, your bullet, if you will. So on Spurs, um, 
I think I completely get why their fans are sort of rejuvenated. They're finally not playing a dreadful style of football. They've got a manager they can connect with more. They're sort of returning to their identity. They tried to go with these sort of big time managers, which is not what Spurs is about. Uh, they're a small club. Um, you know, getting someone getting someone from a smaller club is what they should be doing rather than going for these sort of A-list managers. Um, and they're playing nice football again. So I understand it. I I'd, argue, I'd argue Celtic is bigger than Spurs, though, to be fair. Maybe about maybe in terms of like what are you eating? Success. <laughs> Having a sweet. It's a worm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the dude's eating. He, he found a bug. He's just eating. <laughs> Rob's like that little kid in the sandbox at age three, just picking all the bugs. <laughs> and uh, Bukayo Saka's right next to him celebrating. <laughs> Um, I do think they've been overrated so far this season. Um, I think Spurs are gummy worms. They oh, they were they were, if you look up their get the matches game by game, they were not that great away against Brentford. The game I watched, they drew it in the end. They could have been two or three nil down to United at half time, um, and that's a terrible United team. They sort of turned it around a bit in the second half, so it was good at in game management by Ange, but. You know, that was a frantic game. Could have gone either way. They And then they've played really bad teams since that. Burnley, uh, who they beat quite convincingly in the scoreline, but the game was a bit closer than that. Um, and who else? Bournemouth, not started the season particularly well. And Sheffield United, who they scraped past in the last minute. So I'm not saying that there, there aren't encouraging signs. There are. But I think the media the media is going very overboard, and the the intensity at which the narrative changes it feels like it's going up a notch. Like every single game week, it's the opinions are so strong. It's like it just feels mental. Like another team will go on a, a couple games run, and all of a sudden they'll be in the title race, or a team will, will lose a game or two, and it's like they're falling apart. It's mental, but. Yeah, I think they're good, but I think we've got nothing to fear. I think we should beat them. Yeah, it's what gets clicks and views, though, isn't it? You know, it's always got to be something sensational. Uh, Daniel, slide it my way. Sure. Um, uh, I, uh, to be honest, guys, I think we're going to rock Tottenham. I really do. I think we're going to beat them 4-1. That's my, that's my bold take. I think that they have not come up against anyone with any type of quality whatsoever. To be fair in the league, you could probably argue that uh, no. There's no argument. We haven't either. I would um, say the best team they played is Brentford, and right. they weren't that good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and then and then like you said, Alfie too. They had to scrape past Sheffield United, and there was some controversy there. So I just, I I, I think that their Spurs are known for being cocky. Emphasis on cock um, pricks, and I, <laughs> in more ways than one. Um, and I just think they're probably going to try to do what PSV did. And try to go toe-to-toe with us. And it ain't going to work again. I don't think you could go toe-to-toe with this Arsenal team at the moment. And I'm just hoping that's not famous last words. But, Mac, I could really just see us beating the living shit out of uh, uh, out of Spurs. And uh, all of the journalists that are weirdly obsessed with Spurs. Hopefully crying all over their MacBooks. I love how I'd enjoy that. insanely sort of ruthless you get with your analogy something <laughs> beat the fucking living shit out of them 
Uh, I am a Fl- I am a Florida boy through and through, man. We are remember, we are a rough bunch down here. What was it? We beat Leicester quite convincingly, like Arsenal brutalized foxes or something. It was something <laughs> absurd like that. You're talking about uh, brutalized Brentford, that is actually, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Wasn't that I'm a pretty short? Sure, uh, remember we beat Le- uh, Leicester, and you you started the podcast with <laughs> Arsenal brutalized some foxes. Robbie. Last but not fox least, hunting. fox hunting. It was fox hunting was there. Yeah. Oh god. Um. Yeah. I I think that this sort of version of Spurs they remind me a lot of what um we were in that season under Arteta when we finished fifth. Uh, I see a lot of like sort of similarities there. I remember we went on a, on a little bit of a run. We found a system that worked with Lacazette sort of playing in behind Aubameyang, and then we got to went to Anfield and we got. Uh, humbled um and I forgot about that that's kind of we had Lacazette as a as a sort of 10 yeah. second striker it was it was weird wasn't it? um but I, I feel like uh I would love that to be this weekend but I feel like that is going to come at, at some point for Spurs I mean as much as uh this this van der Ven looks like a a, a very good recruit uh Romero for like all his flaws can be you know vaguely all right uh he is like a modern day sort of highline center back i think those two are pretty well suited but uh it's time that you know they get exposed a little bit they're not you know top top quality players i hope that our ambition is to run a train over them uh because we can um and yeah I think if we hadn't have beaten PSV 4-0, I'd, I wouldn't be feeling quite so confident. But finally, everything clicked. And um, yeah, I just feel like our attack is going to be purring and just eager to to really go at this Spurs team. I, I feel like it could be a decent little game. Um, but I sense it might be one of those that just gets away from Spurs towards the end. That's my, my uh, you know, if I'm taking the emotion out of it, that would be my genuine prediction that um, it's quite fiercely contested for a little while and then we just run away with it yeah um personally for me i'm excited to see a lot of the ridiculous takes i've seen stop happening um i need destiny adogi i I need udogi (laughs) the the 30 million ways they say his name to pipe down get off his high horse i need um actually one thing ivan perisic has just torn his acl um so you know, commiserations and like, I hope he's huge right. loss. I mean, he's, he's big off their bench though, but like, it's one of those where frankly, it just means they're going to rely on men or Solomon, uh, to, to, you know, have their he's entire left good. side going. He's, he's not, not good. good. Um, Rob's cracking up. I think probably at me. Or Brennan Johnson. It, it, was the way, it was the way Daniel rolled his eyes when he said that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I just well one it just means nothing to me but two and I, no actually in like a, a bigger discussion it just it actually makes me a little sad all the players getting injured and it's all it's all the power yeah. to be his fault it's it's pretty disgusting actually yeah but you know I mean it'll it'll be fun to see Pedro Poro and his inability to defend it'll th- there's a lot of joy I think and um oh, I've heard a lot Montanelli of Montanelli down that side oh, we could expose them I've heard a lot of Basuma is better than rice i've heard a lot of maling sorry would start in our midfield i've heard a i've heard a lot of bullshit 
we're going to take him to task, man. I'm excited to see some destruction. I think. Malang Saw would start Dude, on our midfield. I don't, it's, no, it's ridiculous. Mac, who the Mac, fuck has said that? Uh, Mac, believe it or not, <laughs> fair few people. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about the fact that. Is it, isn't it in... not Malang? Isn't it Pat Matat? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Pape. It's Pape. Malang Saw is the Chelsea center back from a few years ago. Yeah. There's so many Saws. There's there's like 30 million of them. Ishmael. So many Mendes as well. True. Uh, Daniel, go ahead. I was going to say, well, there there may be a ton of Mendes, but there's no Harry Kane's, which I am absolutely thrilled about. Thank God. No Harry Kane penalty. That is massive. Oh, it's nice, isn't it? I'm just glad we didn't draw Bayern in the Champions League for the same reason. I think we said that, Rob, on our... Madison will replace him as Harry Kane in these games, I reckon. You think? I would, I would love. Well, he'll, he'll get. A, I bet he scores a penalty. Um, I'd love it if we smother him though, because he's getting overrated. Now. Yeah, man. Um, I think three-one is what I'm predicting. That's just you know, reckon it's safe. I think we're gonna outscore them. I think they will probably get a penalty at some point. Five-two, run it back. Oh yes, please. I'd rather five-nil. Five-nil, it is. Fast, fast, yeah. Well, Kai Havertz with all five. That's going to be Yeah, sick. exactly. Um, I think it may be time to draw this bad boy to a close, as as Mr. Daniel Fitton would say, uh, as this is the Extra Cannon podcast. No songs, no marketing opportunities, but I would like you uh, lovely folks to shine me some spotlights. Um, Rob, start me off. Shine me a spotlight from the world of anything. What do you want to talk oh, about? Oh, since I was mumbling it earlier, the new Erdogan chant is brilliant. I love it. Um, so yeah, just find it on Twitter if you can. I was going to sing it, but yeah, you know what? Been dreaming all day of our number eight, Martin Erdogan. Oi, oi, oi. And then find the rest online. <laughs> that was beautiful. When he's on the ball, he's, he's fucking, fucking magical, Martin Erdogan. Oi, oi, oi. Speaking of singing... Can we all unmute and simultaneously sing the Champions League song together for like two seconds? <laughs> D my What a way. Uh Daniel shine me a spotlight, my friend. <laughs> Uh, Fitz Relic coming out this week on we love you Austin.co.uk. Um, it's going to be 81 things bigger than Tottenham Hotspur. That's how many times we've beaten that tiny little club over the years. So check it out. It's going to be 82. That, that, that is such a vintage frolic. That is, isn't it? So it's such good timing as well. Return to and class. I love how you find these weird like numbers to do it with. If you know what I mean, like 81. We had no idea that. Alfie spotlight. Yep. Uh. TikTok, get over to it. Uh, at we oh what TikTok? TikTok is an app. He's spotlighting TikTok, ladies and <laughs> no, gentlemen. No. Oh, TikTok! <laughs> oh, TikTok. <laughs> he, sounds like a, he sounds like an early investor. <laughs> He's like, check out this new TikTok oh, thing. It's gonna be huge. We dot love dot you dot Arsenal, but it's Y O U, not the letter U like the Instagram. Go over, check it out, because there'll be plenty on there. Yeah, man. Uh, I actually had a spotlight, and it's completely slipped my mind. 
So as always, going to plug all the lovely folks over at welovearsenal.co.uk. Um, and with that, I think that's all we have. Uh, we're about to hit an hour 30. So see you all lovely people after the North London Derby. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>